Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to episode two of the revamp cheapest meal presented by Deep Fried Draft. My name is Brian Bosarge. I uh, hope you caught the first episode last week where we had uh, Pigskin Paul Gilmet on as our first guest. Um, but now we're going to bring in on our second guest, and we're going to talk a lot uh, about differing topics today. So now I'll bring in my very special guest. He is the director of scouting at NFL Draft Bible. He is the a contributor for bangthebook.com, and he is the founder of draftscouts.com. My good buddy, Joe W. Everett. Joe, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Brian. Thanks for having me on. and It's it's just an honor to be following uh, the the infamous Paul Jomat. Infamous indeed. Uh, and thanks to my poorest performance uh, ever in the uh, top 100 scoring, uh, I'm guessing uh, – I'll be uh, buying you lunch uh, at the old Senior Bowl next uh, next year. Take it easy on me, Joe. Oh no, no, nothing major. Maybe maybe a little Wenzel's or I don't know that 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 spot you keep talking about that's uh, north on uh, I-65. Uh, maybe maybe uh, finally go there uh, once or something like that. But yeah, I'm I'm not gonna not bleed you dry. <laughs> I appreciate that, Joe. Uh, Joe, first let's let's get into a. We'll get we'll get into this quickly because we're now about three three weeks separated from it. But uh, I just want to get your uh, biggest takeaway from the 2018 NFL draft. Oh, that, you know, that kind of I think what a lot of us thought. You know, quarterback uh, heavy and uh, just new destinies for teams on that end. Um, teams that I thought won right off the bat is just Green Bay. I'm still in awe. Uh, uh, Gutekunst. The new GM, what he did, I, I, I like uh, moving down. Uh, just, uh, I love the teams that double up on those positions. And I, maybe it sounds like a waste to some people and, and completely bizarre theory, but, you know, you're just increasing that likelihood. You're addressing a need position, and the Packers getting two corners that I, I think they hit on both of those corners potentially. So uh, that they uh, come away with a win. Um, I don't know. I'm not nuts about uh, the local draft here for the Colts, but uh, I, as a Broncos fan personally, I'm elated uh, that that whole thing of Cleveland just passing on Bradley Chubb, and sure they're fine with their head at defensive end, but I, I, you got to believe Denver sprinted to the podium uh, to, to get the Chubster there. I think that's just going to be deadly for the rest of the AFC West. That's definitely one of them picks that you know. It's like, wow, things in the AFC West just just kind of flipped up uh, back to Denver's favor, at least defensively. I, I think having those two guys, that's just going to be big time. And then, man, I, I think the Raiders, it's clear John Gruden 
broke into the draft room and stole the keys from Mr. McKenzie. And, like, there's just some different things going on there. Like, you look at the last few Raiders drafts, then you look at this Raiders draft, uh, the Colton Miller thing. Uh, I don't know. That that could be either or. But, yeah, the the reach, I think, uh, with the Sam Houston State tackle. And, you know, nothing against the kid, but, like, a character guy like that so high, I just, uh, yeah, I've got major question marks about the Raiders, man. I, I, I'm, I'm fearing this first season of trying to take football back to the '90s because good result in five and eleven. I don't know, four and twelve. Uh, if I was an Oakland fan there, I would not be happy about the the, the way the direction that team's going. Yeah, I can't help but feel that good folk in Las Vegas aren't going to be getting the best product on the field at the current pace that uh, this new roster turnover seems to be uh, heading. Oh, man. Yeah, well, you know, they'll have to change up some things. At least they're getting their star power. I guess that's what they signed on for. No doubt. Now, you did mention a little bit about the Broncos earlier, and I do want to talk more about them because I know that's your uh, that's your team, and we want to talk about them. Uh, well, you, you talked about Bradley Chubb, and I'm with you. I think that's going to be scary as hell for uh, – AFC West offensive tackles to try to block Chubb and uh, Von Miller. It's, that's that's crazy. But uh, I do want to get in some of their other picks they made because I really love uh, getting. Uh, you don't you don't think a guy like Case Keenum? You know he's not going to be the elevate the talent around him quarterback. So you put talent around him, and I really love Cortland Sutton there at pick forty, and then doubling back with Deshaun Hamilton in uh, the fourth round. Oh, yeah, and I think uh, Hamilton meeting him, that's a character guy. You know, I think a lot of people have heard his story about taking care of his brother and, and his condition and just, you know, how mature he is um, and, and how serious he took that whole draft season. I think uh, he really turned himself into whatever uh, late day three into a real factor. And, yeah, the Broncos adhering to that doubling up theory, I think, Hopefully both these guys pan out, um, but I, I've got to believe one of them uh, for sure has a, a, a really successful thing. And then the rest of the draft, I mean, I've been a, a, a Fumagalli fan uh, for, for since the draft season began. I mean, maybe I'm just taking too much out of his bowl game against Western Michigan, but it was just like a and one mixtape for a tight end on some of the catches this guy makes with just nine fingers. So, uh, yeah, I think uh, Yadam also fits Royce Freeman. Maybe it's a little rich there, but yeah, overall they. I was uh, just digging up my graph draft grades while we we're talking, but yeah, I give the Broncos an A. It's largely shaded by Chubb, but they 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 should not be ashamed of the rest of that draft. Now I know in last year's draft, I believe it was last year's draft, anyway, you were a big fan of a uh, Temple linebacker Tyler Matakavich, and I saw a lot in the same with uh, Josie Jewell from Iowa. I didn't see a starter, but I saw a guy who's going to be a good depth guy, special teams guy. Is that kind of where you are with Josie Jewell, or do you see more out of him? Yeah, that's that's another one, the, the reach, where it's like, man, I wish we didn't pick him that high. But, yeah, I'm not uh, against having a form tackler, just really smart, disciplined guy, and maybe he doesn't develop into a long-term starter. I think – that's kind of where the viewpoint I'm at. I mean, and and I, hopefully that's where they are. I mean, I guess it's a premium for a special teamer. But if he ends up starting, I don't think he's going to be 
terribly amiss. It's just that lack of foot speed. That's where it's going to really show out if he gets, like, some extensive snaps out there. And, you know, like a real Zach Ertz or, or a Kelsey just gets out there and starts burning them. It's like, oh, no, Jewel is a problem. So, yeah, I agree with you. I don't, I don't see some long-term answer at middle linebacker there. But, hey, if he proves me wrong, I'll, I'll be elated. Now, we were both at the Senior Bowl where this guy played, but I, I was not very high on him coming into the process. Uh, but what do you think about your third-round pick, Isaac Yitem, uh the corner from uh, Boston College? I don't mind it at all. I mean, I, I, they like corners with size, and I think that's where the question mark is for, like, Bradley Roby. Everyone's, oh, he's just going to step right in and start. You know, the Broncos were prepared for it to keep to leave. I don't know how uh, well Roby's going to do on the outside, and I think they still they're looking for a potential uh, answer on the uh, other side of Harris. There, I mean, we'll we'll see how things pan out, but I I like Yada, man. That's that's a guy that has that long term potential. Maybe you know it's a little distant. I mean, not certainly this year or next, but down the road he could develop. Um, but yeah, it's another one like Yadam, Jewel. Those are guys. It's like, well, we, we got them, and, but we paid a price to get them. It's uh, I'm not in complete agreement with those picks, but you know, uh, I think there's still potential there. Uh, it, it's, it, there's nothing wrong with uh, getting a guy like Yadam uh, just in that room because I think really Langley, he, he's the other uh, nickel, and uh, we'll see what Tremaine Brock's got for this season. So. He's he's gonna uh, learn from a really good group and yeah maybe maybe year three he, he could be a starter. Now uh, we've talked about your team, the Broncos. Let's talk about my team a little bit, the Cincinnati Bengals, and the second round pick. I know is a guy you love a lot, local high school guy to you. Tell me tell me and uh, other Bengals fans out there about uh, their newest safety from Wake Forest, Jesse Bates. Oh he. I've been watching him since uh, the redshirt freshman season there at Wake. Uh, he, yeah, he's out of the Fort Wayne area. It's kind of a factory up there, Bishop Snyder. Uh, he was on the baseball team, basketball team, just, you know, your classic all-sport, Mr. All-State, everything. And uh, what really just kind of shines out about his game is the closing speed. Uh, it's just how fast he's up on people. It's like a hobo at a train station, man. You just smell him before you see him. It's it's instant. Um, and I, 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 I think, no, he was second uh, in tackles his first season and then led the team uh, the next year. He's just one of those instant leaders. I don't know. People are comparing him to uh, Reggie Nelson. I'm I'm not digging that comparison as much. I think athletically uh, he's much more rangy uh, than a Nelson was. I don't know that he's going to be as smart. But, you know, it took Nelson some time. I think he was a Jaguars first rounder out of Florida. And then finally he got to Cincinnati. And the real question for the Bengals is, man, you know, so many picks were just – uh, I think salvaged, and not salvaged, like maybe these guys would have been players, but Mike Zimmer on defense made these picks in two people. There was question marks about Atkins, question marks about Dunlap, and they weren't these stars until like, 
you know, Zimmer got his claws kind of in him. And uh, with that, you know, changing, it's uh, they really got, I think, are, are more forced to be right on some of these picks. And, yeah, I'm very confident in Bates um, being, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know if he's going to be instant right now because the problem with the Bengals, you know it, they've just got a, a really deep roster. So uh, where he fits in right away, I, I think they're going to be definite sub-package looks for this guy, and you're going to see it instantly. He's going to make some blow-up hits, and uh, he's going to get his hands on the ball. I mean, just first season, I think he took two touchdowns back for for scores uh, on interceptions. He's uh, He definitely knows what to do when he gets the ball in his hands. So I, I think that's one of the best value picks. And, yeah, even just going into the season, you kind of knew. It's like, man, I've got, got to find out where this guy goes because he's that total center fielder type. He's going to start, I think, a long time at free safety for the Banks. I think uh, Joe Goodberry was after – or maybe a couple of days after the draft said he looks for the Bengals to go with a more of a three safety look. You know, maybe either bringing Sean Williams or uh, George Aloka down into the box more, you know, as a in run support and have Bates, you know, being a more of a out in center field. So that could be how Bates fits in with Cincinnati, and uh, could improve their overall team speed definitely on defense. Uh, but now, Joe, I'm a, I think we need to talk about something I know is near and dear to your heart. And uh, this week, the Supreme Court basically uh, set the. Uh, set the course for legalized gambling, sports betting, I should say, legalized sports betting uh, throughout the United States. And uh, because of the state of New Jersey suing them, saying it was, you know, unconstitutional, that only Nevada could do it. So uh, what's your takeaway from this, Joe? Uh, how do you feel about it? Um, I'm stoked. Uh, I mean, it, it's. It, I would, uh, for everyone excited to start throwing down bets, though, I'd say – Right now, pull back the reins. It's only a few states that are fast-tracked. So uh, the real worry I'm having is, um, you know, there's you've already heard, I'm sure, a lot of people uh, reading into it, is this integrity fee that, that leagues are, are charging, which is just, you know, I'm sure makes everyone smile. But behind all that, and, and by the way, uh, you can play the gambling drinking game with me how many times we're going to hear the word integrity, not only this podcast, but going forward on this subject. I think integrity specialist, integrity officials is going to be a thing and, and like a, a, what do you call hedge industry or, or whatever. But like, you know, we're uh, controlling this is going to be part of it, but we're all this pay, we're all this taxes and each state doing it differently. Uh, I'm worried we're going to be playing minus 20, minus 130, minus one. I'm like heavy juice on every bet now to where um, it's not the same as the Vegas will have it set up. I'm, you know, I'm sure folks have read into the Pennsylvania stuff that they're going to charge 34% and then an extra 2%. I don't know if that's on the remainder and that doesn't even include their excise. I, I, if, if that isn't going to affect the juice, I don't know what is. So, there's big worry there that, you know, each state doing it differently. Um, some states are just greasy. Some states are just going to incorporate their lottery system to operate the whole thing, and, and they're going to look at it as, well, we wouldn't have to do this if it weren't for sports betting. So here's our cut, and, like, here's how we're going to work it. And, uh, yeah, that's, I think, the initial worry, but um, – 
still exciting. It's still an option. So, uh, you know, I'm not completely negative about it, but yeah, it's, um, uh, I'm, I'm uh, treading lightly. I'll say that to to, to start walking on eggshells because it might not be um, exactly all you know roses and uh, peaches and cream and all that start. Um, in Indiana, where you're at, uh, what do you think the timetable might be for something like this to get going there? Not till September 2019 is what I'm thinking. Um, we're one of the states that's uh, I think. What is it? There's like six states that are on the fast track. It's Jersey, of course, Pennsylvania, Connecticut, uh, West Virginia, Mississippi, and New York. And uh, only four of those really are set up wheels in motion with established places to, you know, like casinos and stuff. Um, and then the other states, like I said, they've got like little beefs and quibble like California right now, I think it's got like a three-way beef of like tribal casinos, their little clubs, and then racetracks. So, uh, there's so much legwork yet to be done, I think, in, in a lot of these states' situations, and we're definitely one. Uh, we're not even in the first wave. I think we're in the second wave, which would be best case uh, in September 2019, which hopefully would coincide with uh, uh, the, the season starting then. But, uh, yeah, this whole football season um, and the next basketball, all-NBA, any of that, uh, Still going to have to wait and travel at that. Maybe Illinois gets something. Or, um, actually, West Virginia is not that terribly far. So, I mean, that's – and they're, uh, the interesting part about – I'm reading about West Virginia is that they're waiving their integrity fee uh, completely. They're just – it's not even a part of their uh, gambling to start with. So, maybe the, the juice in your odds might be best case in the great state. Of West Virginia there, so I mean that's where I'm targeting first. But you know, in the future, it's it, there's going to be some neat potential for this because of your uh, state versus state competition and how you know non-residents are going to be limited, or your your state residents will have restrictions in other areas. But I mean, you know, I've got options to go like Fort Wayne, I could go over to Toledo, and then up to Detroit if I had better odds on certain games it'd be worth the gas so we're i'll tell you i was thinking about you brian in your area i'll bet you uh just thinking in the future here maybe a year away pensacola to mobile to new orleans is not a terrible drive and uh well you could get different you, odds you mentioned on that games. but uh you mentioned that but uh, the Beau Rivage Casino in Biloxi, Mississippi, which is about uh-huh. 50 minutes to an hour from my house. They've already closed a restaurant down inside the casino, and it is being remodeled as we speak to open a sports. And they will have it open by July. Outstanding. <laughs> Mississippi yeah, is it. wasting Jersey no and... time, sir. Yeah, Jersey, West Virginia, Mississippi, those are like in uh, Delaware, but they're already kind of legal. Uh, but yeah, those are yeah. the first four states, and man, yeah, how, 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 geez, how many miles is that for you? Um, I want to say fifty. I mean, it's nice. it's it's less than it's 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 maybe a little bit more than that, but it's it's maybe an hour drive door to door from my house to the casino. I may become a fellow degenerate like you uh, there, Joe Everett, but by the time football season rolls around. But I can tell you one thing, Joe. Uh, 
There'll be 48 states approve legalized sports betting before the great state of Alabama does, and uh, for that they get this. <laughs> because the yeah. state legislature of Alabama hates money. So, <laughs> with that being said, uh, what I, another thing I think with this, uh, with this, uh, the passing or, the, or them basically setting saying this is okay now state by state is for a person like you who who has the the side hustle going writing about uh gambling and 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 uh betting and stuff for the uh like you do with bang the book i think this is going to be great uh for for you as far as that goes because there's going to be more more uh people out there looking for this kind of content and i just i just think that this stuff's about to blow up Oh yeah, that's definitely what we're hoping over at the site uh, because I mean that's it, nothing will change uh, over for them, I'm sure. And uh, yeah, I'm definitely getting started on some of those um, doing some NFL season previews, little college football previews, and hopefully have a little bit better results for myself this year. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's uh, I think it is a growth industry just because now that people can do it legitimately, there's just going to be no stopping someone that would have been casual too. Uh, even the person that, that may be a fan of their team or just it's the time of the year, it's the playoffs, they're a little geared up and they're like three. LeBron's not going to lose game three. I really want to get down on this. This seems obvious. That casual better now will – have a legal, legitimate outlet, and yeah, it's definitely going to pick up. So, uh, I think yeah, it not only is that a growth industry. I'm telling you, reading about some of these tribal casinos, man, it's like a no fail. They've already got all the money on their side. So, like, I don't know, getting a job there or in the integrity business, I, I really think this is going to be a part <laughs> of it. Because, did you read that story on uh, Pro Football Talk about? Well, Malcolm Butler's being benched in the Super Bowl. Bill Belichick makes that crazy decision. Now, how does that get treated with all this sports? But like, is that going to be invested? And I think that's part of it. You're going to have like, well, did we have any outlandish bets, any sort of uh, against the norm or outside the bell curve type bets on a, on a regular Super Bowl? And uh, would, would that have uh, corresponded with the Malcolm Butler? You know, it's something I think, like I said, I, I, I swear to it, dude, we're going to hear integrity quite a bit in the next year. <laughs> I do think this is going to be a boon for the TV networks because they're going to now have, you know, endless hours of content to provide, plus the advertising revenue is probably going to go through the roof. Uh, Joe, one more thing before we uh, we get off this for the day. Uh, like I said, we, we, we you're at the Senior Bowl every year. I'm at the Senior Bowl every year, and the Senior Bowl was in the news uh, over like a week ago now with uh, Director Phil Savage in the Senior Bowl. We'll do the air quotes here mutually parted ways um what do you think the words mutually parted ways meant and what do you think uh the future of the game is going to be without phil savage well it's one of two things i think phil got a better job that we just haven't heard about or it's they really want to go in a different direction and and just uh, phil's not having any part of it and uh they just kind of I had to agree to go different directions, but um, I, man, I can't imagine they would want to mess up a good thing. It, it seemed to me, I thought Phil was doing a great job and 
really, I'll tell you what instantly crossed my mind is the directors of those other all-star games, you know, uh, East-West Shrine, NFLPA, they're popping bottles, finding out that Phil is leaving uh, Mobile because he was really skimming those small schools right from them, man. You know, like maybe back in the day they got Brandon Parker or, maybe, you know, maybe they got Alex Kappa. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Like uh, years previous to Phil being there, I think some of those cracks were as Phil just nailed them every time. You know, it's like, oh no, Marcus Davenport, he got an early invite. You know, it's, we've been on Brandon Parker from the start of the season. It's like, oh man, none of these All Star games had a chance before. Whereas now, who knows who they hire? I think, uh, you know, yeah, the rest of the other events had to be smiling there because. Uh, Mobile, man, they lost a good one there. I, I, I'm worried about the the future. Hopefully, they get a good uh, candidate, and like, I just hope, hopefully, it doesn't change. Because really, I thought it was just a marked improvement, and kind of the prospects we were getting in town, dude. It was creme de la creme, in my opinion. Yeah, my my biggest fear, and it's pure selfishly motivated, is. You know, whoever they bring in now may not cater to the little guy in the media anymore like the Senior Bowl under Phil Savage uh, has done the last six years that allows a DraftScouts.com to send one to two to three representatives down there or allows somebody like Deep Fried Draft (laughs) who has, you know, very little traction in the world as a whole. And uh, it allows those guys, you know, access to the players and coaches and you know, all the events outside of the practices and the game. And I just, I just, I would hate to see that go away, especially, you know, something as local to it as I am. Oh yeah. I mean, it's always a big worry, but I mean, I think it's still such a draw, like not just, I mean, obviously it's more touristy draw. Like they want that dose still, but I've got to believe they want media, like a throng of media kind of, covering a lot of these things just to get that that extra type of exposure too so i mean there's still part of it like with like interviews getting quotes out there i mean that's that that has to be part of the process so they they can't eliminate that at least not to mention all the fat cash that those out-of-town guys like you bring in and staying at the hotels and going out to eat two three times a day i mean that's the kind of stuff, you know, that I think that the Senior Bowl, you know, would lose lose out on if they if they start, you know, cutting back on the media. For sure, and not, I mean, like, because as you mentioned, it's not just like one person per media outlet. All oftentimes, it's three, four, the bigger outlets. Uh, you're in the tens, twelves, you know. It's uh, it, it adds up. I mean, now granted, though, uh, you know, me and my brother go up on the cheap on the hotels, but <laughs> it still adds up over the week. Right. Uh, one thing I did want to add to this uh, was an article came out on AL.com this week by Craig Stevenson, and you know, he's speculating as we're all speculating, but Phil Savage had a quote um, before. Uh, during the press before the game this year about, you know, basically talking about what a shithole Lad Stadium was and this and that. You know, I'm quoting he didn't actually say that, but, you know, that's my word, not his. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of people thought that, you know, he's basically insinuating that the game could move and such of that nature if South Alabama was to build an on-campus stadium. Uh, And that could have, you know, 
eased out, eased him out, so to speak, with some of the uh, the muckety mucks that run the game. Uh, uh, what's your opinion on that? <laughs> well, that that would make some sense. Uh, I mean, it, it's definitely a, it, there's got to be some correlation, you know, because they do love Lad. I mean, that's in the history there. I mean, heck, I do too, man. I'd be I'd be kind of heartbroken if that game wasn't at Lad. Just uh, just go there every year kind of thing. It's a tradition. And, um, you know, I don't know, uh, having it at South Alabama, that'd be, be kind of odd. Odd for you. 15 minutes from yeah, my just, house, Joe Everett. Would be, would be oh. great for me. <laughs> no, I but, can't, uh, I can't hate on that, man. I can't hate on that. But, uh, but anyway, yeah. But uh, I think the game attendance is also may have played a factor in it because the uh, attendance is actually the attendance has actually gone down every single year that Phil Savage was running the game, and that may actually be the uh, the deciding factor here. Huh. Well, that's a shame. I mean, I, I I guess I could see the one aspect I don't like is just having too many quarterbacks there and then just juggling them around throughout the game. It is a tough game for them to watch, but I mean, there's, I don't know that there's an exact way around that either. I mean, you've got to get the, at least two on each team, some looks and in and, and every year's case, it's at least three uh, barring some kind of injury. But yeah, I definitely think, boy, that, they need to get rid of that eight quarterback thing. That's just uh, maddening. I mean, I know in some cases it's, oh, well, this guy's not even going to play. It's injury. We want so many people here. But, man, it's, uh, I, I can sympathize with the fan. It's a, it's a tough game to watch if you're not just sitting there evaluating matchups and, 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 and you know, recording the game for prosperity and watching it, oh, I don't know, 20 times. <laughs> it, it, it's more of a tool than anything for, uh, you know, people, what we, what we write about as opposed to just the average fan. But, that yeah, I had no clue the game was dwindling in attendance like that. Yeah, it was under 30,000. Under 30,000 people this year at the game. Well, the weather, too, though. I mean, I'm play, play. Uh, no, no doubt. And the weather, the, the weather was bad. And I, I don't, I don't know what, what, what you and, uh, TJ had to, uh, had to endure on the way back to the car, but, uh, I tried to wait it out for like an hour after the game and it, it did not end well, uh, for me trying to get back oh, to man. my car on the other side of the stadium. Oh, dear, that was a good point. Like, uh, he, he, PJ remembered his poncho. I'll just say that. <laughs> and I, uh, he, he's, I uh, put my Nike raincoat to the test. Sort of thing. <laughs> yep, yep. Uh, that's the age, uh, what is it, nine extra years is uh, just that much extra experience. So, fortunately, he uh, he had the camera and my laptop under his poncho there. And, uh, yeah, I just kind of roughed it. And, yeah, that was a rough uh gnarly freaking walk back uh to the to the houses up there those those honest people uh, on the other side of that. <laughs> yeah I, I was fortunate i had a radio spot that morning so i was uh i got to the stadium lot early so i was able to actually park in the stadium lot or so i thought that was good until you know i had to i was at that point scared that my car would be bogged down in the uh 
the mud hole that I decided to park in. So that did not go well. Joe, uh, thanks for giving me your time here on this Sunday afternoon and uh, talking draft and talking gambling. And uh, we'll we'll definitely uh, we'll get you back on before the season starts, and we'll we'll go through some twenty nine. We'll start talking some twenty nineteen draft uh, as we get closer to uh, Labor Day weekend. Oh, most definitely. Yeah, I've got my way way too early uh, mock draft and rankings already out there. So if you want to just uh, take a look at someone's horrible look and, like I said, uh, obnoxiously early look, <laughs> it's the senior class. It's out there. Yeah, I'm a uh, I'm rolling out everything at deepfriedraft.com on uh on June the first. Uh, Joe, uh, I may have missed a few things, but again, and tell everybody where they can uh, find your work. Oh, it's NFL Draft Bible. Uh, all kinds of scouting reports coming out. Uh, we should have a podcast uh, next week. Only we took a week off. The the boss, Mr. RIC, moved. So getting everything situated with the new baby and all that. But uh, yeah, we're we're getting the wheels working. I think Thursday with the the like I said, starting to break down 2019, and then uh, draft scouts of that. The whole dynasty movement, fantasy switch is over. It's on. Uh, you know, we got the the, uh, the post draft dynasty rankings coming out. Uh, it's basically a top 100 on offense, top 100 IDP. Uh, that's free of charge. And a little project, little announcement coming over at Draft Scouts in the next, uh, I'd say, month of June. Uh, little little something out there. Uh, I won't I won't say anything, but just yeah, I'll keep posted uh, follow me on twitter joe w everett hey joe uh, again thanks and we look forward to seeing uh, everything coming at draftscouts.com thanks a lot joe we'll see you uh we'll talk to you soon all right thanks for having me Brent. that was joe w everett joining the cheapest meal uh podcast here presented by deepfrieddraft.com Hope you enjoyed today's episode talking about the 2018 NFL draft, uh, talking to some Denver Broncos and uh, Cincinnati Bengals draft picks. We talked about the Supreme Court uh, legal or uh, setting the course for uh, legalized sports betting in the United States. And we talked about some uh, fallout uh, from the Senior Bowl uh, and Director Phil Savage. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, until next time.